Well, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Joe. Well, Merry Christmas, Trent. Great to be back. It's great to be back. This is the Christmas. It's. I assume you're listening to this on. If you're listening or watching, this is. It's Christmas morning. <laughs> you're having a nice hot cup of cocoa. Santa Claus is coming to come into town and dropped off your your presents. Mm. And we welcome you to another episode of Echo Chamber with Joe and Trent. Mm-hmm. I, of course, am Trent. Then I, of course, am Joe. This is the only podcast where two comedians read the Wall Street Journal because one of them gets it for free from work. That is correct, that? sir. <laughs> How's your beard, man? It's, I gotta take it off. <laughs> it's looking real like it's really frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating, and the hair gets in your mouth. I can't believe. Do you think Santa rocks it year round, or does he shave day after Christmas? You think he? Well, I bet he shaves the day after Christmas and lets it grow all, all year long. That's how <laughs> I always picture it. That's how I picture it too. A guy with a beard like that, you'd think that the he's probably not going down on his wife with a beard like that. Well. Wouldn't that be a mess? I've always, and I've always assumed this, and, and yeah. you know this. Right. <laughs> I've always right. assumed that, that Santa Claus and his beautiful, b- beloved wife, Mrs. Mar- Martha Claus. Mrs. Yeah. Claus. We, I don't, we don't know her first name. I like to think it's Martha. Martha, sure. Yeah. Could be a Martha, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like to assume they're asexual. Oh, well, I, I don't at all. <laughs> and if any of the Christmas songs that have led me to... All the Christmas songs have led me to believe otherwise. Uh, if Santa is anything but asexual, he might be the horniest man in the North Pole. <laughs> well, yeah, Santa, baby. You know, I don't like those... I don't like those songs. I'm a bit of a prude when it comes to... <laughs> yeah, you like this, more of a... Yeah. Um, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Sure, yeah. sure. But I'm just thinking, you know, just for the sake of the argument, if they're not asexual... I would imagine the beard's not only a mess, but Mrs. Claus, just due to her age and the generation she came up in, probably does not wax or shave down there too. Well, sure, so she's it's, it was a, she's from a different time. She she might have like a bit of a Santa's beard down there as well. So it's she very well may. <laughs> but yeah, but so, anyway, I don't know. Well, we I guess we have different. Different traditions for different <laughs> families, I suppose. Yeah, this is kind of a debate we have every year in my family. <laughs> Started Christmas 95, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a kind of an age-old Christmas tradition. Wow. Do you have a favorite gift you've ever received for Christmas? That's a good question. I think, you know, speaking of Christmas 95, might have been 96. Hell, it might have been 97. Yeah? One of those years, we got the Nintendo 64 for Christmas. Oh. And it, it uh, just blew our our heads right off. Yeah. Our, 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 That's right a good gift. And is it the same one we have on the ground over here? I don't know. If it, I think it might be. Yeah, it wow. might be it. That might be it. I think wow. it's still kicking for all these years. I think I do have a, a 25-year-old in 64 down there, and it's still rocking. That's great. And the Xbox you got last year doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no and, kidding. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Every game console... You'd think that would not work, and then they would figure out how to make things work, but they it's the exact opposite. And they cost, like, a new game console now is, like, the price of a car. <laughs> it's like, the new Xbox is, like, six grand or something. Yeah. You know? And like a car, it only goes down in value. It goes down in value? It doesn't work? <laughs> You're just waiting six years for Grand Theft Auto Six to come out? Yeah. Which well, one? speaking of gifts, Joe... It's time for our, our, our gift exchange. Okay, well, well, it's kind of news to me. I didn't really know didn't know we were really doing that. So I guess I have egg on my face now. 
Well, well, I just assumed this is, of course, the Christmas episode, <laughs> oh. which which we've long decided was going to be our Christmas episode. We didn't episode. just decide that five minutes ago at all. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. I see what this is. This is. Uh, I thought I'd give you. I thought I, it's the it's the season for giving. <laughs> I thought I'd give you a little something. Wow, uh, well, that's is. very nice of you. And now. I will now. I will need that bag back. <laughs> well, you need the gift inside of it too. <laughs> no, no, the gift is now, yours. Before I open this, yeah. and by the way, thank you. I'm very excited for no, this present. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> of course, I look like a bit of an asshole now because I don't really have a gift for you. <laughs> that's all right. But I do think it is worth mentioning that last year, <laughs> last Christmas. I got you a Christmas present, um, and I did not receive one back. That is true. I got Trent, the WWE, formerly WWF, um, Rey Mysterio collectible action figure. Yes. He's not really opened it yet. It looks like he's well, maybe more concerned yeah, about reselling I, more it. Of a, no, no. It's not for reselling. <laughs> I, I'm a collector. <laughs> and, of course, I think it looks better displayed in the living room on our shelf in the box. I just think, you know, you get somebody an action figure, you kind of hope they play with it, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so last year I uh, I got Trent the Rey Mysterio doll. Yeah, uh, doll. It's not a doll. It's an action figure. Sorry yeah. about that. Um, no, I didn't get a gift in, in that return. That is true. Uh, so I thought, okay, maybe I was maybe I misinterpreted the friendship. Maybe there's no gifts from now on. So so <laughs> no, this no. year I didn't go Christmas shopping. That, well, we've decided. I've decided uh, to rotate. So <laughs> next year you will. Buy me a gift and I, and I will get you nothing. So <laughs> I think it's best that we rotate. <laughs> We've decided to rotate. We've decided to rotate. It's only fair. All right. Now, I, I'm not sure how to open this package. It's well, kind of you just kind of pull. Nope. That would make it tighter. <laughs> so, <do you? laughs> All right. Well, you know, I haven't gotten a lot of gifts in my life. So this is kind of a big deal for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, a vibrant masculinity hat <laughs> from the Peahive. The Peahive, Tony P. If you're not familiar, check him out on Instagram. Wow. That's amazing. Tony P., friend of the show, welcome, welcome anytime. anytime. We've <laughs> this is one of the best gifts I've ever <laughs> in my life. Now, I've got this, now, do you want to wear the Christmas hat so I can wear my vibrant masculinity hat? I would hat? love to, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Where you wear the Christmas hat. All right. I'll put on my vibrant masculinity hat. Um, yeah. Now, explain it some... I, th I think everybody should probably be familiar with, with Tony P, but uh, explain to the folks at home, if if they're not, who Tony P is. He's kind of... Uh, well, of, Tony P, if I understand correctly, uh, he's got a big Instagram following, so check him out. I think it's Tony P in D.C. Tony P is a 25-year-old bachelor living in D.C. Yes. And he... Sometimes he's a bachelor, sometimes he's a 25-year-old consultant. Hmm. That's true, and I understand that. We all put on kind of a different face <laughs> yeah. for different situations, yeah. Yeah. and I think that's only human, and I, I, I have nothing but sympathy for that. But Tony P is a 25-year-old bachelor living in D.C. Um, who has quite the, the social media following and quite the influencer setup going. Um, I highly recommend that you check it out. It's a fascinating um, purview into a young, vibrant, masculine um, 25 year old living in DC. Exactly. <laughs> and we're, we're both members of the, of the P hive. Oh yeah. We love Tony P big Tony P. And we fans. wish Tony P a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Tony from us to you here at echo chamber pod. We, I, we should try to get him on. Well, that would be amazing. That's kind of yeah. Well, that was the that was the plan. We, we clip this out. <laughs> we tag him in it. Yeah. And we invite him on the podcast. Tony, you're just the guest. We need to give us the bump that we need. To get to the next <laughs> level, Tony, I, I'm sure that there's somebody 
you know, early in your life who helped pick you up and bring you up to that next level. Probably his, his beloved grandmother. Probably his <laughs> beloved grandmother. May she rest in paradise. Mm-hmm. Now, Trent, um, we've got some stories this week from the Wall Street Journal. Um, maybe I'll, I'll kick us off here. All right. Now, I do have two, but one is quite the tale. So All one's right. a little bit longer. Well, perfect. I can't wait. Well, first we are going to hear about, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, of course, mm-hmm. um, Washington, Washington, home of Tony P., D.C.'s polarizing divide are potatoes vegetables. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not for long. Oh, really? <laughs> All right. Well, also, uh, a Christmas, really, a couple, I have a few Christmas-related stories. The first one... Uh, you're familiar with PowerPoints, Joe. We all made them in school, and sometimes you have to make them for work. Oh, I did an outstanding one on the Peloponnesian War in fifth grade. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, it, well, kids are making PowerPoint presentations about Christmas gifts that they would like to receive. The, <laughs> the tra- traditional Christmas list is out. Wow. It's all about PowerPoints. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, it's a new corporate era. Well, Trent, we're also going to re- hear about, um, and this is this is sort of the big, my big story today, at least. A cardinal, once seen as a future pope, now faces prison. Oh my God! You think <laughs> you know somebody? <laughs> you think you know somebody? It's a harrowing tale, and I find it to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll also be discussing McDonald's. They've got a new offshoot restaurant that they they they're wow. creating. Isn't that exciting? That's so exciting. And that's it for you, right? Yeah, well, we may hear from our friends at Pepper and Salt. Oh, wow. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's it's only right. Christmas gift. It's only right. Pepper and Salt. And finally, in our last story, you may, we're both going home for the holidays. True. Some people may ask about your job, how it's going. It's okay to lie. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> well, that's we'll huge. be discussing how to talk about your job with the extended family <laughs> well, in, our, may, in our final story. There's a certain cardinal in the Vatican who may need <laughs> some intel from that story because <laughs> his job is not going well. Well, I assume he's a fan and he'll probably have plenty of time to listen in prison. <laughs> that's right. Now, Trent, before we get into our first story, mm-hmm. I would like to introduce a new segment here at Echo Chamber. Oh. This is called Wall Street Whoopsies. Oh boy! This is called Wall Street Whoopsie. It'll yeah. be a new segment, I can't recurring wait. segment. Yeah, and this is the corrections section of the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. And this is from the Wall Street Journal. Correction: Brazil is the world's leading producer of soybeans. The U.S. is number two. This was misstated in the December 9th feature. Uh, free trade is good for American farmers like me. So, yeah, Wall Street Whoopsies. They're not. <laughs> they're not perfect. Even they make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> So we're number two. Brazil is number one. Brazil is number one. Yeah. You'd like, we're used to being number one in everything, but. Yeah. It's uh, kind of news to me that we aren't number one in something. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully they won't have to make that correction again. Let that be a indicator to all the soybean farmers out there. They need to get their ass in the gear. (laughs) Step your fucking game up. Step your fucking game up, buddy. New year, (laughs) new soybeans. Now, this is from the Wall Street Journal, Trent. Okay. Headline, Washington's polarizing divide, are potatoes a vegetable? Federal committeesters debate about reclassifying spuds from veggie to grain. Grain? Grain. Wow. Even though there's no grain 
in them. Sort of a sure. starchy vegetable. But botanists count potatoes as a vegetable. Mm-hmm. But should Americans? The U.S. Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee has asked, sparked the question, setting the table for a round of spud sparring among scientists, potato growers, potato lovers, and parents. Kids especially want credit for eating veggies in the form of fries. Well, fries don't count. That's Well, kids, I, I, tell me you didn't say this when you were nine years old, but it's a vegetable. Sure, I said that. We all tried to get away with that, but and then your mother smacked you in the mouth. <laughs> well, now parents nowadays, they don't know how to do that. So now they're looking to our elected leaders in Washington to help. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so while potatoes... Please get the government involved. <laughs> get the that's government involved. I, we I took my kid to get a happy meal, and he said, mm, vegetables, <laughs> and I, I called my local congressman, and I said, you've got to help me out here. <laughs> He says, is this about Israel-Palestine? I go, not at all. No, no, whatever. I don't care about that. What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Are you crazy? (laughs) Well, white potatoes, which come in various colors, that's kind of an oxymoron, Mm -hmm. are classified as, quote, starchy vegetables. Mm -hmm. But the committee could uproot potatoes, pun intended, from from the vegetable bin and toss them in with a broader category of rice, other grains, and carbohydrates as the Department of Agriculture and Health and Human Services weigh updates to national diet guidelines for 2025. The dietary guidelines shape nutrition advice to Americans, as well as what foods are served in school cafeterias. Potatoes, according to corals, whatever that is, should be respected as a, quote, gateway vegetable. A gateway vegetable. <laughs> I've wow. always said that. Well, yeah, you start, well, you, as a, yeah, that's how, you, they, that's how they get you. You start as a young kid on french fries, and then next thing you know, you're, you're, you're headed to broccoli, straight that's, to broccoli. That's why if I have <laughs> kids, I, no potatoes. I don't need any <laughs> gateway vegetables for my family, all right? Yeah. We're going to eat fucking meat, and that's it, <laughs> and bread. Kids are far more likely to eat dishes with other vegetables if potatoes are involved he said i don't know if that's mm. true but well i could see that mix uh, if you mix potatoes them, and like onions and stuff so yeah, onions, onions and all, yeah all that that's pretty good that's good good stuff it's not quite the green they're looking for no. though, you know not all parents swallow that trail of tubers of tubers leads to leafy let me just, this is a strange sentence let me start it over <laughs> not all parents swallow that a trail of tubers Leads to yeah. leafy greens. Sometimes they try to get a little too cutesy. They get the, too cutesy, yeah. and it, it trips me up. Yeah. So it's not your fault; it's their fault. Also, is somebody mandating that they put any pun possible in these articles? <laughs> yeah, they're it is. very pun heavy. Yeah, I like it, but it's it's a who's, lot. Who's writing this, Mark who's, Norman? Who says tubers? You know, it's insane. Some complained about a Peppa Pig animated cartoon that featured a potato preaching the nutritional value of vegetables. Quote. By the power of vegetables, I'm here, Super Potato said, <laughs> soaring through the sky, singing. Wow. Fruits and vegetables keep us alive. Always remember to eat your five. Really? Well, that's a far cry from Veggie Tales, which, of course, taught us about God. Christ. And, yeah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of, of Nazareth. Yeah, whose birthday is today. <laughs> exactly. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Quote, it's a giant spud singing it. You're like, really? A potato's one of your five a day, said Dan Grief, the owner of Deli of Delilish of Deliciously Guilt Free, a sugar free bakery in Cambridge, UK. You know, fuck Ugh, off, yeah. Dan Grief. Good grief. 
<laughs> grief, Dan. Grief. Yeah. Also, what are we turning? We've turned our back on potatoes now. <laughs> What's this country What's come to? <laughs> on Christmas fucking day. Yeah. This is America. It makes me sick. Oh, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I thought aren't potatoes? In theory, they're good for you. Meat and potatoes, are, uh, you want to be a tough, young, strapping, well, uh, handsome they're good f- Well, they're good for boys who are grown and want to be strong, not but good they're for not ladies. good for girls. And that's <laughs> the problem. That's not the problem at all. They, but really, it's all about French... The, it's the way you cook them. French fries, obviously bad. <laughs> but a uh, 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 baked potato... <clears throat> That's true. So, and that's been, you know, the potato, the pro potato p- uh, proponents have been <laughs> saying this. The potato proponents. Yeah. So, for instance, Mr. Chris Voigt, the executive director of the Washington State Potato Commission, uh-huh. ate nothing but potatoes and a little ketchup for 60 days in 2010. He launched his all potato diet in a protest of the federal nutrition program for low income women and children's rule that allowed for the purchase of all fruits and vegetables except the potato. Voigt ate 20 potatoes a day to meet his goal, consuming 2,200 calories. Quote, I ate every possible way you could cook them. Bake, fry, mash, roast, even juice them. Quote, would recommend potato juice. <laughs> Over two months, Voigt said he lost 21 pounds, stopped sure. snoring, according to his wife, and <laughs> lowered his cholesterol. Wow. I mean, listen, this is what the Irish had f- only potatoes for, what, a thousand years? Yeah. And they lo- loved it. <laughs> <laughs> they had no issues whatsoever. They, so, they yeah. said, bread, why would we want bread? <laughs> well, have no you issues. heard this? And, uh, some people say if you cut up a potato, and, and, and uh, if you're sick, if you have a, the common cold uh, or another illness... You you put you cut up a potato a little circle and put it in your sock, it soaks up all the virus, <laughs> and you're you're better than ever the next day. That's true. I have heard that. Yeah. I in the summer of 2012 came down with a strong bout of genital herpes, and <laughs> I covered my whole body in potatoes. I took potato naps. I took potato baths, and yeah, yeah. and the outbreak ceased. Wow. And my doctor said. It's looking so good, you don't even have to disclose this to anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, But now, just in case I have an outbreak, yeah. I, I tape a few potatoes to a few different parts of my body sure. every time I perform coitus. And uh, people are none the wiser. None the wiser, and they just think it's a cool kink. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quote, if you're not hungry enough to eat another potato then you're probably not really hungry, said Steele, the operations and maintenance manager for facilities at a hospital in Fairbanks, Alaska. Steele said the diet re-energized his palate. Also, this that- is... this is. <laughs> This is like what is this? The potato famine? This is kind of draconian. Yeah. If you're not hungry for another potato, you're not hungry at all, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> but Papa, I just want anything besides a potato. <laughs> See, people are really on on every side of this argument. Well, that's the thing, is there's gotta be a good middle ground. Everything is so divided. And this is probably the most divisive issue we're experiencing. It's one of the today. most divisive issues. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> and <laughs> And people, you know, they're they're saying I'll only eat potatoes every day. Some are saying potatoes don't even count as a vegetable. Get rid of them. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. No. You know what? You. I mean, I live a balanced life. I have one potato a day. <laughs> I wake. I wake up at six a.m. Yeah. Eat a raw potato. <laughs> I, I do my workouts about a four minute workout, and then I go back to bed. 
It's good for you. It keeps and you your eating. workout is lifting a sack of potatoes. It's lifting a sack of potatoes. Well, the U.S. guidelines are intended to give nutritional advice and break food into five groups, vegetables, grains, fruit, dairy, and protein. Mm-hmm. Grains, for their part, are trying to wave off the potential potato invasion. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Grain Chain, a grains industry coalition, told the advisory committee that it was concerned that if Americans replace some grains with starchy vegetables based on the new guidelines, it could further exacerbate nutritional shortfalls. Oh, they're colonizers. Potatoes are, are colonizers. They're, they're, they're gentrifying the, <laughs> the, the grain family. The grain family. That's no good. We don't like that. The Grain Chain is furious. <laughs> Nutritional researchers say that potato contains helpful uh, nutrients, including potassium, vitamin C, and is uh, and its health benefits are diminished when it's fried. Now I say that's bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nearly half of all U.S. potatoes uh, eaten as food go into frozen products, mostly French fries. The USDA found. So well, it's like you said, it's, it comes down to how you prepare them. Yeah. They're a good vegetable. They're an honest vegetable. They're working man's vegetable. Uh, and they've gotten a bad rap because we realize they could be way more awesome if we pour them in a hot vat of sure. grease. It's just more writing on the wall that the white culture is under attack. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what said <laughs> Well, at first they came for Wonder Bread. And then they came for for regular right. cow's milk. Now potatoes. We got. Right. We have nothing left. Well, <laughs> we have one thing left, Trent. It's vibrant masculinity. <laughs> that, you are correct, sir. Now that's that's a crazy story. Well, we'll Joe, see. We'll keep our ears to the wall on what's going to happen with the potato wars. Yeah, I'll do my part. I say wherever they land, whatever home they find, whether it be vegetables or grains, they're always welcome in my pantry. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you, uh, <laughs> lay it on me. <laughs> did it. you make a uh, Christmas list this year, Joe? You know, Trent, that's a good question. I'm a 31 year old man, <laughs> and my mom thinks we're all nine still yeah. because that's what moms do. Sure. And, she, you know, she thinks my favorite foods are what I liked when I was eight and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, but she, to, to every year is still send me your Christmas list. Send me your Christmas list, and I go. What am I going to sit down with a with a with a quill and mm. draft a Christmas list? <laughs> I'm going to circle yeah. stuff in this year's catalog. Right. No, I don't know. I sent her one link to like a jacket, and that was about it. Yeah, and I go. I don't know. What I'm, I'm not going to give you a list. No, one thing I want. I sent her. My mom does the same thing, yeah. and I. I, I I have like an Amazon wish list of things that I find, mainly books and stuff. So right. I just send her that. It's a lot of books. Well, Amazon wish list mm. is one thing. Yeah. You're just sending a basket, but to write out a no, list. No, you can't write it. That'd be nuts. Yeah, exactly. But, and I guess the kids agree. They aren't writing lists anymore. They're making PowerPoints. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Headline, and you thought PowerPoint presentations couldn't get worse. <laughs> I like them. Kids use their skills to craft wish lists to avoid the holiday dread of unwanted gifts. Wow. After getting some dud Christmas presents last year. (laughs) It's a fucking dud. (laughs) Ben Galvani decided his family needed more specific instructions. Wow. This year. This little brat. (laughs) This year, the 11 year old. Created a nine-page slide slide deck detailing every item on his list. Wow! 
That's kind of cute, actually. One slide is dedicated to sneakers, including two types of Air Jordans. Another one, quote, jerseys, has pictures of gear from NBA athletes such as Stephen Curry and Jordan Poole. Okay, time out. This is only two out of nine slides. Yeah. And both of these are $125 items. <laughs> Air Jordans and jerseys are not cheap. Yeah. Well, then, of course, there are video games for his Xbox and a temporary tattoo kit. <laughs> the latter listed oh, I don't, under. I don't like that. The latter listed under miscellaneous. Mm, miscellaneous slide. Yeah. Temporary tattoo. Stocking another uh, gateway. Another gateway. <laughs> another gateway. <laughs> to a life of crime. <laughs> to a life of crime. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you have a tattoo, you should be locked up. <laughs> it's probably the worst thing anyone could do. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's a violent crime. <laughs> Uh, quote, my family was starting to just give me money, said Ben, who lives in Wontog, New York. That's on Long Island. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and is in sixth grade. This way I can tell them exactly what I want. Holiday gift lists have gone high tech. Tweens and teens are learning how to use Google Slides, Microsoft PowerPoint, Canva, and other presentation software in school. Now some of them are applying these skills in creative ways to pad their stockings or avoid the holiday dread of unwanted gifts. Duh. It's no greater dread. I still don't understand what this accomplishes that a list can't. I don't either. It just seems like way more work. It's like a lot more work. Are they just jazzed on PowerPoint? Maybe they love PowerPoint. Because I remember when we started doing PowerPoints in fifth grade. Yeah. Everyone was jazzed on it. You do the little animation, the dissolve in. Oh, yeah. The text nice fly in. Yeah. A little clip art. Yeah. Oh, clip art. You don't see a lot of clip art anymore. No. Yeah. It's gone the way of the dodo. <laughs> yeah. Or the paper. Or Clippy, the, the guy, that, the little paper clip that would help you out yeah. on the computer. Uh, he was such a helpful friend. Now we have fucking Alexa. Alexa and Siri, all these god awful cunts. God awful. <laughs> <laughs> I want Clippy. <laughs> some sassy bitch. Yeah, give me. <laughs> I want to take directions from a paperclip. <laughs> I'm a man, and I listen to a paperclip. <laughs> Not some corporate-sounding bitch. By the way, I get enough never, of that at home. I've never spoken to an Alexa or yeah. a Siri. When I'm not in a relationship. No, I wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't fathom it. I don't even know how. But every time I have a girlfriend, I'm over every morning, Alexa, what's the weather? Yeah. The weather today. Alexa, let's play Jeopardy. Yeah. You know, they're like their best friends. Right. Women love, <laughs> Women love all that Alexa. stuff. Yeah. I don't even know. If I have one, even yeah. it'll stop talking to me if I break up with my wouldn't, girlfriend. wouldn't even look at it if yeah, I had one. Alexa leaves too. She leaves. <laughs> <laughs> they all leave. Yeah. It is weird. It is a, You have to have a girlfriend to talk to Alexa. A guy. Could you imagine a, a single man interacting with an Alexa? Oh, that's the saddest oh, thing I've ever horrible. heard. On Christmas Day? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Oh, no. It puts chills down my spine. <laughs> Alexa, mm-hmm. Tell, Alexa tell me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock. Who is a sad piece of shit? <laughs> Videos of wish list requests, many of which feature slideshows and other gimmicks, are gaining popularity. Canva's holiday wish list presentation templates were used more than 3 million times. 
from October 25th to November 25th, according to Jen Thompson, head of product marketing for the online graphic design platform. That compares with 1.7 million over the same period last year. So we're up over 2 million. Jesus Christ. Parents have reacted with a mix of pride and concern. <laughs> <laughs> the slideshows let children polish presentation skills, which could come in handy for school projects and career ambitions. Now, I don't know what Canva is. is Canva just- is like a, it's a, like a easier Photoshop. Okay, got it. It kind of does it all for you, but you still get to pick and so choose. Kid, it's kind of a thing where kids are just playing on that all day anyway, so why yeah. not throw in the Christmas list? Right. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think we should be concerned about that. What's concerning about that? Well, so well, I'll tell you. Okay. It's actually the next sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Some fear they also risk making kids appear entitled or highlight the gap between the haves and the have-nots, which I don't think it, it, it's the same as a regular Christmas list, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's just a list. Um, quote, it's- I was worried that she'd send it all to her relatives and there would be this expectation that they would have to buy her all this stuff said cheryl fernstrom of her daughter abby fernstrom's 29 slide presentation cheryl had a change of heart when she got to the last slide which reads in part quote i just want to say that i don't need i don't expect to receive or need any of these things and i am grateful for all the privileges that i have yeah i'm i'm it doesn't sound like her words i think mom put that one in And she goes, add this slide. Yeah, add this slide, and then yeah, send it to then you. Then send it to the aunts and uncles. So they, we, look my like, privileges. No, no, no one's checking their privilege at the age of age of ten. Well, maybe they are with the way these liberals run these schools. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, Abby spent about ten hours researching products and putting together the slideshow, which features text and cursive style font, making a comeback. Making a comeback. And slides with a salmon color background. Oh, I love a salmon color background. On the big day Seems last nice. month, Abby presented the slideshow to her parents by streaming it on their TV. Abby, age 12, made her case like a pro with an image of a Stanley Ice Flow flip straw tumbler projected binder. What? She said. What, what were those words? <laughs> I believe it's a cup. It's a, it's a fancy cup. Okay. With a straw. Quote, we do have Stanley's, but the one I'm using now is scratched and dented and spills really easy. <laughs> it would be better to have a closed one with a straw, she says. That's fair. We'll think she'll, we, quote, we'll think she'll be a lawyer when she grows up because she can argue like no one I've ever met, Cheryl said. Abby wasn't shy about playing to the crowd either. Among her five skincare slides was one that featured the an eye serum, balm, and cream from the beauty brand Drunk Elephant. Abby, <laughs> Abby explained to her mom, I want to give you options of things you like so maybe we could share. That's cute. I like it. Her mom said the presentation is only a starting point. Quote, we'll go back and tell her why we don't think she needs more skincare products. She said, there is a dialogue. I don't understand why the mom is like, this is bad. It sounds like she, everything she's doing is productive. Yeah, she she's, sounds like a nice young. Yeah, uh, it's, I think it's. Girl. I think it's fun. It's like you're making. You're. It's something constructive they're doing with their time. Yeah. And the mom's like, it's this is a conversation. And right. Well, everybody's scared of. of, of 
This just seems like the last thing that they should be worried about with yeah. everything else. How about this? You take the fucking iPad out of her hands for five minutes and yeah. get her off. Right, exactly. Yeah. Get her That's off the TikTok. thing you should be concerned about. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Not not her asking for gifts for Christmas. Making it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really... A thing people have done forever. Kind of one of the most uh, innocent things a child can yeah. do. I don't really see why we need to look down our nose at that. <laughs> and they're also learning how to make effective presentations right. and be compelling and persuasive at the same time. Yeah. They're learning all these skills will help them in job interviews. Right. But no, they don't care. No. They just, there's always something wrong. I need this job because this job will help me get what I want. Well, speaking of jobs. Yes. Speaking of big jobs. Oh, boy. And a lot of persuasion. Yeah. Speaking of politics around jobs. Well, this is from the Wall Street Journal, Trent. And this one's a bit of a doozy. Oh, jeez. Quote, a cardinal, headline, a cardinal once seen as a future pope now faces prison. So this is a not not a cardinal, not a, not a bird. This is a, a priest. So you're yes. a Catholic. I don't know a lot about... I'll explain. Religion. So the Vatican, which mm-hmm. is where the Pope is and everything in Rome. Yes, I'm familiar with that. Well, and they oversee all of the Catholic churches in the world. Yes. Well, yes. it's run very much like a giant political operation. Mm. But versus modern political operations where there's lots of different people who have different kind of levels of power, this is an old school, essentially a monarchy, where the Pope is a true monarch and, and then there's levels of people under him. Mm-hmm. So a cardinal is kind of like the... There, I think there's maybe like a couple hundred cardinals. Mm-hmm. They are all the highest ranking Catholics under the Pope Yeah, in the world. There's cardinal of different countries. Sure. You know, and the cardinals, you have to be a cardinal to become the Pope. Sure. And they vote for a new cardinal to sure. become the Pope. And then the, when the whites, Pope dies, the, white, the smoke. white smoke, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So I think it goes like, you know, priest, archbishop, bishop, mm. cardinal kind of thing. But now this guy, and I hope I can say his name right, I believe it's Angelo, uh, it's it's Italian, Giovanni Angelo Becciu. I'm going to say Becciu. Mm. Becciu. Bitchu. Cardinal Giovanni. I've said that before a few times. Uh, <laughs> Cardinal Giovanni Angelo Bitchu walked the short distance from his apartment in Vatican City to the residence of Pope Francis, expecting to discuss his work overseeing the canonization of saints. Mm-hmm. That's what they do all day. The way you should be a saint. It's a, it's a sham job. The, the Italian cardinal was a star. Wow. Even mentioned as a potential future pope Hmm. 20 minutes later he emerged from the 2020 meeting the very different status that of an accused criminal oh god vatican magistrates alleged bitchu had embezzled more than one hundred thousand dollars through a non-profit group run by his brother francis told bitchu to resign from the vatican post since the summer of 2021, the 75-year-old bitch, you, <laughs> stop doing that, has been on trial for embezzlement, abusive office, and witness tampering. Wow. He is the first cardinal to be tried in Vatican City's criminal court, and prosecutors are seeking a sentence of more than seven years in prison. Hmm. Betchu has denied any wrongdoing. Nine others including former Vatican officials and outsiders, face charges in the trial, which centers on losses from a failed London property investment. The charges also concern the alleged theft of money intended to free a kidnapped nun. 
What? <laughs> but purportedly spent instead on resort vacations and luxury goods from Prada and Louis hold Vuitton. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so this guy, they, they, he used money that was going to pay a ransom <laughs> for, for, for a kidnapped nun. For, for what he spent it on. Well, it was spent on vacations and luxury products from Prada and Louis Vuitton. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of freeing a kidnapped nun. <laughs> wow. But, you know, you're only one of the most holy <laughs> elected sure. holy officials and in that, the world. Yeah. What makes it worse is I've heard the, the devil wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Trent. And you'd hate to see someone like the devil in a place like the Vatican. <laughs> uh, really almost gives you pause for concern. <laughs> Well, verdicts are expected this week in the case, yeah. which has aired accusations of Vatican vendettas as well as Becchia's uh, secretly reported, con- uh, secretly recorded conversation with the Pope. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Holy cow. Until 6.02 p.m. Thursday, quote, this is a quote from Becchio, I felt like a friend of the Pope, a faithful executor of his will. He said the other day when he was asked to resign, then the Pope says he no longer has faith in me. Well, ah. the Secretariat of State, which is a basically, I believe that's what he oh, is. I believe that's a, a horse. <laughs> the Secretariat? <laughs> yeah, Secretariat was a famous racehorse. Oh, well, I think the racehorse is, uh, <laughs> is going to have a better legacy than this guy. <laughs> well, this, this Secretariat... This guy's going to be put out to pasture. He managed around $700 million in financial assets, including the investment that later engulfed... Oh, wait, maybe the Secretariat is like a group or something. Mm. Um, that later engulfed Betchio and other Vatican officials in scandal. The Vatican, you see, Trent, the Vatican invested $200 million in a fund managed by um, an Italian financier based in London. Mm-hmm. According to the indictment, the fund's biggest asset was a 45% stake in a commercial building in London's upscale Chelsea neighborhood. Um, this investor controlled the other 55%. So the Vatican had about half of it, and another Italian investor had yeah. about half of it. So basically, the Vatican is making you know investments... Right, got investments with that money have, that's all supposed to go to God. I was supposed to go to God. Yeah. Yeah, so they've got investments that have nothing to do with, you know. Right. The building carried a 128 million euro mortgage. To refinance it at a lower rate, the Secretariat sought a Vatican bank loan. Hmm. Bank officials were troubled by what they saw as a lack of documentation on the investment, and the bank board took its concerns to the Pope. That set Jeez. off an investigation and a Vatican police raid on the Secretariat. Vatican prosecutors charged five Vatican officials, including Beccio and five outsiders, with various crimes, including fraud, embezzlement, abuse of office, money laundering, and extortion. The Vatican told the, sold the Chelsea building for about $225 million last year after putting more than $400 million into the investment. Mm-hmm. Beccio retained his title but lost his most important right as a cardinal, participating in a conclave to elect as future pope as well as the potential of being elected himself as a future pope. Well, before Easter 2021, Speccio and others waited for prosecutors to issue the indictment. Francis appeared at Beccio's apartment to celebrate mass with him. Many in the Vatican read the gesture as conciliatory. Mm -hmm. There was another interpretation. The mass took place on Holy Thursday evening when Francis customarily visits prisoners. Oh, wow. 
A week before the trial began in July that year, Beccio wrote to the Pope, asking him to acknowledge in writing that he had authorized and even encouraged the steps regarding the Chelsea property. Uh Francis wrote back and declined, saying he found Beccio's request surprising. The London real estate acquisition had always puzzled him, he said. The Pope goes, what are we doing with this building in London? Yeah, make us no, it makes no sense. <laughs> make no sense. Are we the Vatican? <laughs> I'm the Pope. <laughs> yeah. He is Luigi, so Pope Luigi. Beccio phoned Francis three days before the trial and secretly recorded their talk. Wow, what an asshole. He tried to get the Pope to say he had authorized the money for the operation to free the nun, which we'll get into in a minute. Jesus. Quote, I cannot call you... I cannot call you to court as a witness. I would never dare, but there must be a statement from you, Beccio told the Pope during a six-minute recording, which was leaked and published last year. Francis replied that he couldn't remember the details. Yeah, likely. Mm. He asked Beccio to put in writing that he wanted confer- what he wanted confirmed. Beccio voiced concern that Francis was being advised by someone unfavorable to him. Um, that same day, Beccio sent the Pope two declarations to sign, indicating the Pope had authorized him to sell the Chelsea property and to spend money for the nuns' release. The Pope declined. Quote, evidently and surprisingly, you misunderstood me, he wrote. All right, let's keep going here. <laughs> <laughs> well, prosecutors also charged Beccio regarding his relationship with Chelsea management. Oh, sorry, with... Uh, Cecilia Marogna. See, she met Beccio in 2016 and offered her services to the Secretariat as an expert on intelligence issues. Uh-huh. The Secretariat sent Marogna um, about half a million euro to help free a Colombian nun okay. kidnapped by Islamist militants in Mali. Uh-huh. Beccio's successor. As the secretary testified that Francis had authorized the payment, Beccio said that in a deposition that the Pope had given him permission to spend as much as one million euro to free the nun. Prosecutors charged Marogna with embezzlement, alleging she spent the money on name brand luxury goods and costly vacations <laughs> in Spain and Italy. Wow. A lawyer for Marogna denied she misspent Vatican funds. Marogna denied any wrongdoing. So basically... The, the Pope authorized, well, allegedly the Pope gave, told Beccio he could spend up to a million euros to, uh, free, to free the nun. The nun. Yeah. That guy found this lady who's, and gave her the money yeah. to free the nun. And she He's, didn't do that. She, wow. She went to she, Spain. She went to Spain. She said, she got distracted. She went window shopping. She went, <laughs> she went freeing the nun. She did what so many of them do. <laughs> She took his credit card yeah. and she had a field day, Trent. Right. She had a little field day. Wow, well, that's crazy. And the nun, what happened to the nun? Does it say? Is the nun still? Well, it, it, it does. It, and and you might be thinking before we get to that. Well, why did this guy get this lady? He's given all this money and this yeah, trust from the true, Pope. Sure. Why did he get this lady? And why? Who is this lady? Think she is spending all this money? Yeah. Doesn't she know this is going to come back? And, yeah. You know? Well, Becho's lawyers objected when a prosecution suggested a sexual relationship between Marogna and Beccio, which they both denied. Beccio testified that Marogna did spend one night in his apartment. Located, ah, she slept on the couch. Located in the building that houses the Vatican's doc- doctrinal office, once known as the Inquisition. Quote, she stayed to talk until late, he said, and updated him about the captive nun. <laughs> 
<laughs> sushi spent over one night, but they just stayed up talking about the nun. <laughs> they, we spent all night yeah, all the, all talking all, about the. We were up till 4 a.m. talking about that poor nun. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting Prada bags. She's giving her money. Kind of, she's staying uh, over. Yeah. Wouldn't you think that's probably like a, a two second conversation about a captive nun? You're like, you know what? She's she's still captive. <laughs> yeah. What, what I think we found out be? where she was, but yeah. it's hard to say. Maybe if I had another hundred thousand euro, maybe if I that would get it yeah. closer. You know, there is a new bag that I've been wanting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I had some new shoes, I could. <laughs> you know what it is? Is you can't approach these Molly pirates without. <laughs> Without pl- looking the part, yeah. right? You got to look hot. She isn't an attractive lady. Yeah, you know she's she's all right. That, I feel like she's got better pictures than that one. Probably, probably didn't pick the best. Picture. But he says that Morona slept in the quarters of the nuns who kept the house for him. He said, and they met for breakfast. <laughs> well, two officials of the Vatican police testified in late 2020. They told Beccio they had evidence that Morona had misspent some of the money that was supposed to be used to free the nun. Beccio bent over, head in hands. The commander of the Vatican... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He recalled Beccio saying, if this matter comes out, it will cause serious damage to me and my family. <laughs> Beccio asked them to keep it a secret. Yeah. And they said they would... They and well, Sorry. Beccio asked them to keep it a secret and said he would repay the funds himself. Wow. The other police official testified... Beccio said in court that he had tried to keep the matter under wraps because of the effort to free the nun was, quote, an operation that only the Holy Father and I were aware of. Wow. And obviously, Cecilia Margona. The Cardinal said in a deposition that he and the Pope wanted to keep the operation a secret to avoid encouraging further kidnappings. Well, Sister Gloria Cecilia Navarez was released in Mali on October 9th, 2021, after being held captive for nearly... Five years. Jeez. She met with Francis at the Vatican the next day. And she goes, what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> it was very simple. They said one million euro. They, I walk, I walk, day one. <laughs> the pirates are like, okay, this is... I thought this was kind of like a... Check their watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. We really thought this would work. <laughs> wow. Well, listen... Ter- that's terrible, but in the grand scheme of all the bad things Catholics have done... Doesn't really even crack the top ten. <laughs> well, there, there was actually a really funny part of this that I forgot to read because it was irrelevant to the story. Yeah, but it was like another guy who was a kind of an adversary of his in the yeah. Vatican, yeah. who was kind of changing the rules to make them investigate this. Uh, well, that guy was called back to Australia to be investigated for a child sex crime. <laughs> But he was uh, dis- dismissed of all charges. Oh, sure. I'm sure he's completely innocent. Yeah, and then he died. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, now, that was a very fascinating story. It was a bit of a long you one. Think Sh- it was a long Sh- one. I apologize for that, but it was a That's, harrowing tale. No, no, no no need to apologize. I, I hope our listeners found it entertaining. I know I did. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat the entire <laughs> yeah, time. That's crazy. Now, should, should we... Should we go long? It's Christmas. Why not give them an extra extra 15 minutes? Yeah, you know, we'll blast through these. Yeah. Well, we just ate McDonald's last week, and it was expensive, quite expensive. Yeah, that was insane. So you got two burgers and fries I got the, and a drink. Yeah. $20. $20. Crazy. I, I nearly <laughs> had the big one. <laughs> but, blew my mind. Yeah. Well, maybe, hopefully this is a little less expensive 
This is from the Wall Street Journal. McDonald's readies its first new U.S. restaurant offshoot. Oh, wow. Iced coffee, all-day egg McMuffins, and a space alien. I'm in. McDonald's is counting on that combination, plus multiple drive through lanes, as the company this month launches Cosmics. Its first new restaurant concept in the U.S., and it's more than 60-year history. That's insane. The plan chain is part of the Golden Arches' expanded bet on to-go eating and aims to grab a slice of the iced beverage sales that have helped power record sales for Starbucks recently. Cosmics is named for an orange alien mascot featured in past <laughs> McDonald's advertisements. We're all familiar. <laughs> I don't know that guy. <laughs> no, I don't either. Uh... Executives at the Chicago-based burger chain... He's an alien clown. <laughs> the alien clown prince of chaos. <laughs> Outline plans for the new brand during an investor presentation on Wednesday, where it also unveiled plans to build thousands of new restaurants Dear God. and expand its chicken offerings around the world. I'm, now, Cosmics or McDonald's? I think both. McDonald's. Cosmics, do you have chicken, too? They have food, yeah. They, well, have, they have some breakfast, food. Breakfast. Uh, well, they have, Starbucks. We'll get to that. They have uh, other things as well. Okay, wow. Visitors to the first location opening this month in Chicago. We should book a flight. Uh, done. We'll find four drive through lanes, no dining room. We'll also have to rent a car, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't dine in. <laughs> no. Huh? That's no, too bad. No dining room and a smaller format than a traditional McDonald's. It is designed around what McDonald's and other restaurant chains have said is consumers' growing preference for takeout orders. Oh, they don't like to dine at a McDonald's anymore. <laughs> well, uh, no. Hey, you but know, that's surprising. That is surprising, especially since, well, listen, as a kid, McDonald's. Right. You love oh, to go. It was McDonald's. heaven on earth. Oh, paradise. Yeah, it was bright. Every The seats, everything inside was bright red and yellow. It was the Garden of Avalon. Everything was rounded. It was all kind of... <laughs> it was kind of funky, funky looking, you know? Oh, yeah. You the, loved the it. The dining room. But now you go into a McDonald's, it's like a fucking... It's a prison. It looks like a prison in there. <laughs> well, it's, 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 kind of, it's, it's kind of the CVS of the, of yeah, the fast food world. Everything is beige. But all restaurants, all fast yeah, food beige restaurants. It used to be yellow and yeah, red. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, vibrant, vibrant yellow. Colors, yeah. <laughs> now it's everything... But that's the thing is... All, all like Taco Bell used to be. It used to be like the light blue and purple and all that shit. Yeah, that was nice. And now the, every restaurant, everything. Listen, any anything built within the past twenty years is is the ugliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it's strange get that it. architecture just uh, ended in like yeah. two thousand one. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the end. Yeah, the end. we give up. Everything's gonna look like fucking shit. Now. Well, painting kind of came to its natural conclusion in like the sixties, and there hasn't been a new painting in about fifty years. That's true. And there hasn't been a new building in about twenty five thirty years. No, everything's a giant eyesore. Uh, it's all ugly shit. It's all everything's beige. It sucks cock. It does well to put it mildly. It, it's yeah, it sucks hairy cock. <laughs> yeah. What they won't find are McDonald's signature fries and burgers. That's a mistake. Cosmics. Well, they need to. They want to. They want to offer something different. Cosmics will Sorry. offer its own menu that leans heavily on customizable ice drinks, including flavored lemonades. Turmeric spiced lattes, pear slushes, 
and churro frappes. I don't know what any of that is. It all sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really bad. Yeah. There's a, there is a small food menu with an avocado tomatillo sandwich. Pff, fuck off. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's egg McMuffin breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, thank you. There's something yeah, I can fucking talking. sink my teeth into. Ice cream and snacks. Wow. Like, oh, snacks, like, uh, there's more. Snacks, oh. like, hash brown bites, the company said. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Cosmics represents the first time McDonald's introduced a new restaurant concept in the U.S. The company has, in recent years, launched smaller, more focused McCafe stores in Australia and yeah, Canada. Off. McDonald's chief executive, Chris Kepzinski, Previewed the concept in July, describing its uh, describing it as a small format restaurant with all the DNA of McDonald's, but its own unique personality. Well, it's not really a restaurant if I can't fucking go inside of it. Yeah, it's a glorified toll booth. <laughs> <laughs> it's serving this cold piss. Yeah, and a nineteen dollar tomatillo avocado toast. <laughs> This is every every dumb fucking broad in the country is gonna go to. <laughs> we've really lost what little female viewership we've had today on Christmas. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, we, we started off talking about fucking Mrs. Claus's giant bush. <laughs> <laughs> now we're we said now cut we're, twice. We did, now we're saying every dumb rod is gonna <laughs> cosmics is gonna be the next favorite. Yeah, place for all these stupid horses. <laughs> get, oh, get yourself oh. a nice pear slush, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Jeez uh, Louise! No, no, we love women. We love women on the podcast. <laughs> no, in fact, the the every time somebody reaches out that says they the podcast. It's a lady. Well, not for much longer. <laughs> no, we don't like that. We're trying to Matt Rife. Yeah. You got a real Matt Rife effect. We want to no. alienate all our fans. <laughs> Man. Oh, no. No. If, if. <laughs> many restaurants, many restaurant chains oriented their businesses around to go ordering early in the pandemic and are now experimenting with new restaurant designs. Focus on takeaway sales. Only this is crazy. Only fourteen percent of fast food orders were eaten in chain dining rooms this year, with the rest taken to go. Wow. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, so Taco Bell is also evaluating a, a new design that features four drive-through lanes, double its typical two. By the way, the multiple drive-through lanes. It doesn't. It doesn't make anything go faster. It no, just it doesn't. Because you know confusion. why? There's still one fucking window. There's one window. Yeah. In my day, we used to have two windows. Yeah. Well, there's two windows, and one's is completely out of service because they refused to staff a second guy at that. Point. Yeah. But now I got four lanes. See, their idea is get them in. Doesn't matter how long it takes. You just get them in. Get them in. Get them in line. Get them in line. And yeah, and you can't leave the line. Not when someone gets behind you. No. No, you're getting cosmics now. You, you, you're stuck. You got where you, we got them right where we fucking <laughs> want them. But the, every I've never had one that it's all it all causes confusion. And then people don't know when to merge into the the one. 
Oh, like buildings are getting angry. smaller and everything is just tra- of traffic now. It's all just paved over. Everything is traffic. Everything yeah. is gridlock. <laughs> everything is gridlock. Everything <laughs> is traffic. And I don't want a $20 fucking piece of tomatillo toast <laughs> with an ice cold $19 glass of piss. McDonald's Cosmics test features digital ordering queuing to try to speed through as many cars as, pass- as possible. The company said about 10... Cosmic test locations are planned for the Dallas, Fort Worth, and San Antonio areas of Texas by the end of next year. Cosmics revives a character featured in the chain's McDonald Land advertisements in the late 1980s. Who could forget? <laughs> so, I try one. I'll try it. I'll try any. I'm a sucker for anything new. Well, I do like that I can get a McMuffin at any hour of the day. Sure. Because my biggest gripe with McDonald's is that I can't get the breakfast after 10.30. Every time I go, I'm like Adam Sandler and Big Daddy. Yeah. I throw a fucking fit. Well, they tried the all-day breakfast for a while. They couldn't, they they couldn't, couldn't pull, pull it off. off. They, they go, couldn't pull it off. Oh, we've, we made a grave mistake. Well, when you only have two people working there at any given hour, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of hard, it's hard to, to add to keep new up things to the plate. Dinner and breakfast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so now those – but we support the McDonald's workers. Big fans, big, big fans of McDonald's workers, and we support everybody that has a job. Only people who have a job <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but hopefully, and hopefully, this article will help them when they come home for the holidays. They see their extended family. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this our, is from the, this is our final article. This is the final article. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Okay. This is from the personal journal section. Ah, uh, one of my new favorite sections. Quote, uh, headline, how to brag about your job even when it's not so great. <laughs> Discussion with family members this holiday season can be tricky when they ask, how's work? I just imagine Cardinal Becchio <laughs> right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, we did, we did end up freeing the nun. Are you still going to be the Pope? Eh, not so good. <laughs> not so <laughs> not good. Not so bright. But tell tell us what Cardinal Becchio can tell his family. Well, you know the question is you know the question is coming when you see family and friends this holiday season. How's work going? Few questions are higher stakes when it comes to how everyone thinks you're doing and what they'll gossip about, about after getting together. Luckily, these questions are easy to fudge or finesse. Tell the truth, though not necessarily the whole truth. Ah, yep. And change the subject as soon as you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is, seems a little common sense so far. Adding to the pressure this year, Americans are more unhappy at work than they have been in years. We've covered that in a previous uh, episode. I don't know. I mean, haven't we always been unhappy at work? But now we're more. <laughs> Don't question it. Okay, sorry. We're more. Go ahead. Yeah, it's worse now. I Thanks. think. I think it's not just specifically work. I think just we're un- unhappy in general, be it at work or at home. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it's not just work. Yeah. So, uh, try as we might to decouple our careers from our identities. Sharing our job status at social events remains stressful for many. Some people feel burdened by expectations, and even those who are comfortable with their career paths say questions and comments about their choices can be a lot to handle. 
Oh, cry me a fucking river. James Tomas, founder and chief executive of fire protection consulting firm Telgian, still squirms when he thinks back to Christmas dinner more than 20 years ago. What? <laughs> Business struggles had prompted him and his wife, his then wife to sell her Porsche. <laughs> oh, just uh, I, which was a gift from her parents to make ends meet. Ah, uh, and he, twenty years later, he's still losing. Still, sleep he's that. still thinking about his ex-wife's Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Something he tells me he probably has more issues than than just his job. Yeah, <laughs> where, where do they find these people to interview? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Quote, imagine sitting there explaining to your in-laws that you sold their beloved daughter's Porsche so you could cover rent and groceries, he says. That was awkward. Oh, okay, so they got it for her and he sold it. They, it well, they sold it. They, they were married. Not, they, he says then wife, so they're divorced now. Uh, I don't know why it didn't work out. <laughs> they made Usually her, when you he sell- made her sell her beloved Porsche. Usually when you sell your wife's Porsche, it brings you together. <laughs> it brings the marriage, makes it closer. Yeah. And she doesn't start looking for anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. People's job reports need not be catastrophic to provoke anxiety, said Nicolette Lianza, a psychotherapist. A psycho? <laughs> at LifeStance Health, who specializes in workplace issues. A sense that other guests have more impressive careers can make people nervous about discussing their own. Be, quote, be careful with those comparisons, Lands advises. Maybe Cousin Susie always seems to have the best job. Could it be that she's embellishing? <laughs> who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, who cares, what, who cares how Cousin Susie's doing? Yeah, admit it. You're embellishing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas Day. <laughs> you're, so you're a liar. So you're a liar. Why is it always so great with your job? <laughs> It is worth remembering that questions about work, a hot topic in Leanne's therapy sessions this month, caused some people to exaggerate their success to get prying family members off their backs. Also, some people are show-offs. Sometimes bluster is the only way to get through the season. What is bluster? Like bragging. Oh, okay. I don't know if I knew that. Really? Michael Hoffman was a first-time manager when he gathered with family at the holidays in 2014. By his own account, he bombed in the role. <laughs> he blew it. Though that's I'm, Here's the thing. I'm much more interested if when somebody, any family member goes, oh, my God, how was the job? Oh, my God, I fucking, I bombed. It was, like, horrific. The whole thing imploded. Yeah. That's, like, way, I mean, you're worried about their well-being and all that, but it's, like, way more entertaining. Sure, yeah. I, I don't want to hear about anybody doing well. No, no. But everybody, yeah, but no. I agree. I'd rather you yeah. just tell me the truth. Yeah. But and some people, the truth, you can't handle the truth. We learned that in A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> One of Mavery's movies must see. <laughs> One of Mavery's movies must see. <laughs> but, yeah, I would rather just uh, say it, every, it sucks. My job sucks. My job sucks, cock. I, but I'm happy to see it, and I'm happy for the holidays. <laughs> let's not talk about it. Yeah, let's, oh, yeah, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the weather. Yeah, let's talk about a few well, good things. It also sucks. <laughs> weather sucks. Everything job sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but at least McDonald's is opening up. Yeah, Cosmics. So I get a new fucking pear slush. Probably, <laughs> probably, which will probably suck, too. 
<laughs> My dumb whore wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to sell her fucking Porsche. <laughs> now she's up my ass. Uh, Maybe she had a couple less pear slushies every day. We could, <laughs> could, could hang on to the Porsche. And there goes our last. Uh, <laughs> last uh, I said. Last good one. But he quote, I said, the new job's great. It was my first time failing, and I didn't want to advertise that. Hoffman is now co-founder and chief executive of Past Sight, which conducts post-mortems of software companies' successful and failed business deals and makes recommendations. He says he's more comfortable talking about professional highs and lows, but he plans to keep conversations on a surface level when he travels home to Florida from New York this month. Sorry, so his job is about talking about how companies fail yeah. and, that, and that company failed? It, not that company. That company, apparently, oh, this is a new company. according to him, of course, he's a known liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, that company's doing great. He's embarrassed to tell his family that things aren't going well, and yet he's but okay to an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, it's his job to tell other people when their their company, when their thing isn't going well. So, Who is this guy? He's a, he's a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. he goes, I don't want to get deep with any of my family that I've known for years. Yeah. I would like to keep things on a surface level. <laughs> uh, you should look for work at the Vatican. <laughs> I think you'd do well there. When certain friends ask about work, however, Hoffman has, has to give a real answer. Some of them are financial backers of his startup. So chit-chat with friends is more like investor relations. This gives me, quote, an account- accountability that I didn't have before, he says. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Scumbag. <laughs> uh, that was kind of like a nothing article. I don't know what they're talking about. Just yes. say whatever you want to about your job. Right. Do whatever you want. Do, uh, <laughs> the message uh, is do whatever you that want. That could have been the whole article. One sentence. Do whatever you want. Talk they about really have just to lie have to f- or don't lie. Tell the truth <laughs> or lie about your job. That's all you need to do. Yeah, exactly. That's all you need to know. So anyway, that's that's all I have. Now, do we have a visit from Pepper and Salt? Oh, you know what? We may have a visit from our so friends. Really, it could be a, a little bit of a stocking stuffer to wrap this up. This is a little bit of a stocking stuffer, a little treat. Now, this is from uh, Pepper and Salt, the cartoon that is in the Wall Street Journal yeah. that has no author and no artist. Actually, you know what? This time, there's a signature on it. There is a signature. I've noticed sometimes they have a signature, but it's different people. It's illegible, though. Yeah. Well, well this one, it's mm-hmm. a dog. Uh, by a fire hydrant and a man with the leash holding the leash. Yes. And the dog has a cone on its head. And he, he has a cone on his he head. He has a cone on his head. And as it well. says the caption is solidarity. Solidarity. Yeah. So it's uh it is a cartoon I would classify as cute almost, but not technically clever. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Solidarity. But they've done it again. This is a classic pepper and salt cartoon. Where it makes you think. <laughs> well, <laughs> it does make you think. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> they wow. had a hit a few weeks ago. They Remember did the it. one? Sometimes they're good. Yeah. <laughs> Do I think we hung on to that one somewhere? We'll have to frame it. Yeah, put it on the wall somewhere around here. Um, but yeah, well, we stand in solidarity with the people going home to talk about their jobs and the new cosmics workers. And, and obviously Cardinal Beccio. Cardinal Beccio, we of course a good stand man. in solidarity with Ever him. Ever did anything wrong? No, no. And uh, uh, the, the kids making PowerPoint presentations. And we of stand. course, and most importantly, the potato. We we certainly stand. Power 
to the potato. And believe it or not, after listening to this episode, with women. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we actually do. I want to make that clear. We, <laughs> Very we clear. support women. And, and of course, this was all a joke. And we, That's right. We were big proponents of the Me Too movement. We thought it was a great thing. Trent yep. had a shirt that said Me Too, and I got a, a tattoo. Um, <laughs> well, we also, you know, a, we really support is vibrant, vibrant masculinity. masculinity and Tony P. Helping me to find a new way to be a man in the new world. And it's working. <laughs> With amazing success. <laughs> well, that just about wraps it up for this episode. This uh, holly jolly Merry Christmas episode yes. of Echo Chamber. Thank you for listening. As always, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Tell them about your new favorite podcast. Yeah. Instead of talking about your job today on Christmas. Yeah. Tell them about tell Joe and Trent. Yes. An echo chamber podcast. That's and right. happy holidays and Merry Christmas. God love every one of you. Peace and blessings. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>